0: hello it's me baby hey what's up welcome to another episode of the red leg podcast so i'm gonna drop this second episode of the interview i had with uh my old battle I swear we did a third episode. I swear we did. On um, my mama, I swear we did a third episode. But I cannot find that bitch, so we might just end up with two episodes of it. Um, I got a MacBook Air that I had. I recorded a lot of stuff on, and the screen was busted, and I needed to retrieve the data. So I'm gonna do that. Try to get old recordings. Try to get some old shit. Um, oh, just oh, I hope. Oh, I just want. That's all I want. I want it's the files. Is what the files. Uh, but yeah. I say, I would say, you stay safe out here. Um, you know, try to stay busy, work on something. You know, I challenge you. Uh, I've been doing uh, like in yoga today. I challenge everybody to go on their phones and you know count. You know, have it calculate the days that you've been alive. And it's like you, when you count the days, like you really make the days count. Uh, so yeah, it's, you know, pick up a project, whatever you're into, you know, you can monetize shit Easily Set up an LLC, get you good, get going on. Uh, but yeah, uh, once again, I haven't listened to this episode in years and I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, so we're going to enjoy it together. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. There we go. <laughs> Dick hard in the <to> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, what's going on, folks? This is Les once again. So we are going to do the second part of uh, Chris's story. Um, um, if you don't remember the last time, we kind of talked about his uh, time before joining the army, his reasons for you know uh, serving his country, and uh, you know his his time while he was in the army, and every and leading up all the way to him getting out um and then of course you know just not having a plan going back home and all that whatever so he kind of goes into detail Uh, i must warn you um, the kind of the nature of the things we're talking about are kind of in-depth and kind of um kind of graphic and um just just one of the things where it it ain't g-rated so we're gonna talk about some shit when it comes to drugs um you know kind of uh children and 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 suicide so uh if you got a weak stomach for that type of shit i I highly suggest you turn it off but if not uh going and kind of give it a listen you might learn something or whatever or you know uh know somebody who's kind of dealing with this kind of these kind of issues so and you'll know what to look for so um that's pretty much what we'll be uh discussing and uh enjoy all right. So uh, last time we kind of uh, discussed right towards the end, uh, you're kind of, uh, you know, getting out of the army and stuff like that. So what we'll kind of once again, what we'll kind of re-talk about um, that time. Um, like you were saying, like kind of what what was that whole process like when you were getting out of the uh, getting out of the army? Like, did you have a plan or, you know, what were you looking to do right around that time? Uh,
2: basically, um Getting out, I I had no plan whatsoever. I mean, (laughs) uh, like I said, you know, in the at the end of last time, you know, I could have planned that a whole lot better. My initial uh, train of thought was just getting the hell out of there and getting home, pretty much. You know, I I really I really didn't give a shit. You know, if if I had a plan or not, I just wanted to get home and I'd figure out the plan. You know, when I got home. Uh, Looking back now, I shouldn't have done that because I got home, and I mean, you know, like I said last time, I mean, and. Just nothing happened, you know. I got home and, um, you know, my my money situation was running out. You know, I saved a little bit, but uh, by the time I got home, I mean the money was running out and shit. And I still hadn't found a job. And I was like, well, what the hell am I going to do? You know. Yeah. But that's that's pretty much my train of thought, you know, towards the end.
1: Yeah. Did they even try? Uh, what was the the A cap process like then? Because I, I went, I got it, I was in it like about three years later, so it might have changed. Uh, since because when I went through it was it was mandatory that you had to go. So what kind of classes uh, did they have you go through? Shoot, not much. I mean, uh, in Germany it was pretty
2: lax. I mean, they had me go to like a transition class and stuff like that. But I mean, they really, <laughs> as far as uh, uh, classes and preparation, you know, getting everything ready for the civilian sector, there really wasn't much. I mean, they really. They're, they really didn't do anything, to, you know, to kind of help me in that situation. They just kind of threw me in the
1: boat, and they were like, well, good luck.
0: Yeah, so pretty much
1: because, like, I know when I went through, I had uh, – they had uh, resume, resume writing classes, um, like how to write a federal resume, right. uh, you know, job hunting and stuff like that and interviewing skills and – uh, dressing for success, and even went through a uh, just a brief, uh, brief like a briefing on how to use the GI Bill and stuff like that, which wasn't really in depth. So, I guess you didn't have anything like that as well, or or how was that? Uh, I think. Well, now that you mentioned them I,
2: I think you know they did have you know like the resume classes and everything like that. But I mean, like I said, you know, my train of thought was pretty much you know I, I don't need this. You know, uh, I'm not going to waste my time sitting through an hour class. You know, teach me how to write a resume when. Pretty much, I mean, I don't need it, you know. I'll, I'll get a job, you know. I'll find something. Ain't no big deal. So my train of thought was pretty much, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to take it. So that's a pretty much a, that, that was a bad idea on my part, though. Yeah,
1: definitely. So did, I guess you didn't talk to anybody um, that was already out, like you know how what they did to kind of kind of make it out or uh, survive on the outside
2: not really I mean um, I, I kept in contact with uh, Ryan Laporte a little bit and um, I mean he got out about I think a month or two ahead of me and um, I kept in contact with him a little bit but he, he really didn't give any uh, heads up you know on how it is out there
1: yeah definitely Um, I definitely knew how it was when trying to get out because um, I mean I was just by the time like I said uh, six months about six months before my ETS I was all like you know what that's it I quit I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do um, and then I was like whatever and then just going through the just going to see the PA uh, the physician, physician assistant he was like you know man because I, I could have got out on the med board but I was just so I was done because I would have had to I would have to extend um, a few months or whatever and I was looking at like guys we were going through med boards they had been there for like forever so I, was right. like, I definitely knew I wanted to get out and definitely getting out in time to um, to go ahead and, and finish finish, oh, get started in school because it's, it's funny because my I had to I had to create a whole uh, school drop packet to try to get out like 180. I think it was like 90, either 90 some whatever days, and mm-hmm. like it was it was like doing it from scratch. And I even think uh I kind of finagled some of the some of the dates uh in my favor so I can get <laughs> get up out there. But <laughs> hey, I made Hell it yeah. made it made it happen what it happened. So sorry, right, so you you leave Germany and uh, you turn all your stuff in. You get back to. Um, you get back home. So, what was getting home like? Like, what was What what were those first few days, weeks, months like? Uh, exciting. I mean, um, you know, that's, you know, what I was wanting, you know,
2: for the past year or so, you know, was to get the hell, you know, out of, uh, pretty much out of the army's, um, (laughs) you know, ranks. I mean, I, I had gotten to where the politics and everything of the unit had gotten so frustrating and shit. I just, I was just ready to get the hell out of there. So, getting home, I mean, I was really excited and, um, I mean, I got home and I mean, I just I was pretty much excited to actually just do nothing, you know, sit, no. and, you know, just get at home and visit with the family, you know, and just absolutely have no care in the world, not have anywhere to be, not have anywhere to go and just, you know, just chill. And I mean, that was cool, you know. I got home and I mean, everybody, you know, pretty much surrounded me, you know. They were like, you know, welcome home, welcome home, all that stuff, but I mean, after a certain point of time, you know, that runs out and I mean you're kinda left there and you're sitting and you're like, Okay, that's cool. Now what? Yeah. So I mean that's pretty much my my views is getting of getting home.
1: Yeah, so you said that there was like the toll chain with the politics and stuff like that. Kinda how how were things different, um like i guess when i was there and then kind of afterwards because i mean i mean we thought we had it bad with our first song with a uh, with a uh, jd or whatever uh, first sermon dawson so how was yeah. how was things different like i guess maybe after he left and then you know how how you know people started leaving or whatever
2: ah uh, basically i mean it's i don't want to put it you know so far high up as you know as a uh how do you say it um I don't want to go as far up as, you know, presidential ranks or whatever, but it, it was, it gotten to the point where nothing was fun anymore. I mean, everything was just serious and business. And I mean, um, I mean, you know, of course, you know, I get that to a certain extent. You know, the army's got to be, you know, um, pretty serious at times. But I mean, you know, it's, I don't know, after a while, you just get kind of tired of it, you know, yeah. doing the same thing every day. And I mean, my promotion i mean i was trying to get promoted i was trying to you know get my sergeant and everything like that and going to boards i mean they they were postponing my boards you know from like every month you know i, I they would say that it would be this month and they they cancel it uh, they you know push me out to the next month and they cancel that one so i mean I, I was just getting pissed off and i said you know what screw it i'm, yeah. I'm done
1: who was uh who was your nco um at that time
2: uh, at that time, I mean, as soon as we got back from Iraq, they switched me platoons, <laughs> and uh, they uh, put me in first platoon. And I mean, which I wasn't happy about that at all. Because I mean, I've been with second platoon, you know, pretty much my whole career. And uh, they put me in first, and my NCO was uh, Sergeant Davis, and uh, he was alright. I mean, he just he didn't know a lot. He was a he was, he was a pretty fresh NCO.
1: Okay, yeah, I think I remember Sergeant Davis. I think I'm. I mean, I think that was the one. Maybe I was on of number 2 I care I don't know. one of them jokers I would I would talk shit to I was like man I'm gonna pass your ass up so yes. and um yeah because I, I just asked that because I just remember that I used to always push my guys to go to boards I would always have them in there like as soon as like uh definitely once I got uh staff and had a little bit more soldiers or whatever I was always pushing to go to you know had them go to boards getting them ready like um you know kind of kind of going you know above and beyond you know I just everything that I felt um, you know, my NCO, I had you know. Of course, we saw some good leadership. You know, just looking back, because uh, yeah. you don't appreciate it when you when you're in it. But it's like you looking back. You're like, damn. You know, them guys that you know really you know push you know push us to do better. And there was a lot. Like you were saying, it was fun. You know, there was a the competition factor. Like you know, it was it was definitely a brotherhood and stuff like that. But man, definitely, uh for me, once I got I left from Germany to the States and it was like a it was a culture shock because I mean I already you know, we had only been in Lewis for a brief amount of time. And even then, you know, all we had was each other. And then when we got to Germany, you know, that was it. But it's like when I got back to the States it was like, you know, um once we got once we got our work, everybody went, you know, went to the four winds uh, so there there wasn't that. There was, you know, it was I was an outsider. Like if you had uh, basically if you had already been in that unit, like guys were in that unit from all the way up from private all the way to to the first star and it's like you couldn't do that in Germany because you know they right. you know had folks whatever you know so it's like it was it's got an exclusive club and then you were not rocking that combat patch that they had it was all like you you was looked at as an outsider so so I definitely could see where you come coming from with there as far as you know it just not being fun anymore it's like like even when we go to the field like the field suck but but yeah. still you know well. we found a way to have fun out there and shit so so yeah so. Um, you get back um were you aware of any benefits that you had um, like I guess any understanding of the, the the benefits or anything you could have taken advantage of when you got back home
2: uh, yeah a little bit I mean um, as soon as I got back I went to the VA and I mean I, I kind of you know I got started in their system you know I, I got uh, I got put in the VA system and everything like that I got my appointments and everything but the problem with the VA here I don't know I don't know where you about where you're at but here in Texas I mean they, are slower than shit and uh, I mean it takes I mean for my initial first uh, for my initial first appointment it took me uh, three months Uh to set that up and I mean uh, waiting that three months I mean it's like god you know this is gonna take forever I got that first appointment and I mean uh, it was basically just a you know just your basic physical I mean they just basically looked me over and that was it and then they set me up for another appointment like three months later I'm like God, you know this is going This is not. This is not cool. So, uh, being that the time wasn't really um, going as I guess as fast as I wanted it to, I kind of laxed on it and I just kind of blew it off uh-huh.
1: and uh, yeah, I didn't even think anything of it so did you have um did you have anything like uh, documented as far as going to like sick call or any kind of service connected uh stuff that was happening any injuries or of course any uh possible p t s d or or brain trauma just due to the fact that you had um you know been um involved in two uh two i d explosions
2: uh yeah i mean i don't know personally i mean when i first got out i was um I wouldn't say worried, but I wasn't, I was kind of skeptical, skeptical, sorry, about putting myself out there as far as, you know, being PTSD wise, you know, cause I wasn't really sure what was going to happen after I crossed that bridge, you know, whether, you know, it was going to lead to, you know, me not being able to work anymore or, you know, I wasn't sure. And, you know, of course I, I didn't want to be judged, you know, you know, being, you know, a fruit loop or whatever, you know? So, um, I I didn't I didn't push the PTSD I mean I knew I had it and I knew that I was you know that I was screwed up to a certain extent but I didn't I didn't go and seek help at first Uh, initially when I went to the VA I just got checked out you know for hearing loss because I mean I had constant ringing in my left ear I mean I couldn't hear shit in my left ear so uh, that's what I originally got checked out and I just left PTSD alone.
1: Okay yeah so what what kind of changes did you notice in yourself kind of going through that? Cause you said you, you noticed, you know, you did have the PTSD. So what were, were those initial changes that like, I guess when you first got back from Iraq and then when you got back home?
2: Well, um, when I first got back from Iraq, I mean, it was pretty intense, you know, I, <laughs> I would have, you know, nightmares, night terrors, you know, whatever, you know, I'd wake up and I'd, I'd, I'd be back there you know, and, uh, I'd have, you know, very, very vivid dreams about, uh, about being blown up, you know, in IEDs, um, And even, you know, it was even, you know, as vivid as stuff, you know, that didn't even happen, you know, like a truck, you know, our truck would blow up and I mean, everybody in the truck would just be, you know, completely dismembered. You know, there'd be body parts and blood everywhere. Stuff that didn't even happen down there, but I dream about it. You know, it just was really intense. But that was my, you know, that's what happened, you know, when we first got back. And then after a while, I know, you know, when we got back, you know, they told us, you know, to kind of, um to seek counsel a little bit you know if, if anything was going on so I saw a counselor a little bit in Germany when we got back but um, after a certain point in time it started going away uh, it wasn't as often and it wasn't as intense um, within time you know and then once I, I was, you know as soon as I got out of the army it wasn't that bad but I was still having them I was still having nightmares pretty bad and um, um shoot, you know and it, it it even carried on I mean even to this day I mean I'm still having today
1: yeah yeah cuz even even for me it was like um I don't I don't think I really really kind of cuz even when um coming back from right the first time and the second time I still had that kind of arm the army culture kind of um, kind of let me kind of go along with the motions or whatever and I didn't have to really think about it too much because you know it's army 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 all the damn time so you really didn't have to sit down and, and think about the issues but it's like when I got back um, you know when I got out and, still some issue, and just being around civilians um, just kind of I noticed that you know there were times when I would uh, be in settings and I'd be you know I would just get angry I'll be some would set me off and of course, the the liquor didn't help. You know, really, it kind of exacerbated a lot of things. Um, you know, there were there were just times where I just I would get like I would, I'd be out with my friends, and then I just get pissed off like in my head. And I was like, I don't want anybody subject anybody to this, so I'm just gonna up and leave. So I mean, I really didn't um, really didn't recognize it as PTSD because um, it's like once again, like they really you know they really don't tell you a lot about it um and then just once you get in with a good counselor and they ask you the right questions then you know you could be, oh shit you know i really do have a problem so um i definitely you know from personal experience i i understand that so um i guess there was there was nobody you could really like kind of reach out and talk to um as far as far as the things you were experiencing
2: ah really i mean there was but like i said you know as far as you know putting it out there i didn't want to put it out there and then you know, be you know, be labeled a freaking wacko. You know, I didn't yeah. want to be, I didn't want to put that out there that I was having these problems and then be looked down on it because of it. You know, so I, I kind of kept it in and I really didn't talk about it. I really didn't tell anybody about it. You know, I just kind of, I just kind of dealt with it as
1: it. You know, just personally. Yeah. So definitely. So, um, of course, when you're, when you're getting back, um. Who, what, what was your support system like? Did you stay? Uh, were you able to get out on your own or were you just like, all right, I'm going to stay with mom and dad or, or family or friends or whatever?
2: Yeah, Um. at the time, I mean, my, my parents, uh, they kind of took me in, you know, because uh, of course, you know, when I got out, I didn't have, I wasn't married or anything. So I was, I was pretty much single, you know, the whole time that I was in the service. So when I got out, I mean, yeah, I just, I just basically moved in with mom and dad, you know, to kind of get my feet, you know. Pl- my feet planted and everything, get a good job and then, you know, get my own place from there. But yeah, that's, that's where I started out when I came back.
0: Yeah,
1: definitely. I went into my decision when, um, cause I was say I was initially going to get out after that four years, but then I was like, I think I might've mentioned before, like, I was like, how the hell am I going to get a job or whatever or anything with school, um, from, from here? Cause you know, I can't go to a job interviews and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, what, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just re-up and, um, hopefully, you know, go back to the States. So all right, so you were going. You're at home with mom and dad. Like, all right, so, you know, when you when you got tired of like not doing nothing, what was it? You know, what were you going in the process of doing? Like, looking for a job or do trying to go back to school?
2: Yeah. Um. I initially I was trying to just get a job, you know, so I can get some money flow going because I mean, like I said, you know, the 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 little bit that I saved, oh, you know, that I saved away, it was going pretty fast because, well. Um, I wasn't really smart about it and you know I got home you know of course you know I I hit the bars and you know (laughs) I went partying you know with my friends and everything but um so that money flow you know it was was kind of slowly dying away so I knew that I needed to get a job you know kind of first off you know to get that money flow going first off and then you know I think about going to school but um
1: yeah that was my main priority was just getting a job okay yeah so I guess nobody I I guess nobody like I guess because That that was the thing, too. Like, they would they should have, like, taught you uh, where you get out in the transient class, you know, the opportunity for une- I guess, did you file for unemployment when you got back?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. All right, cool. Then, yeah, definitely a good deal. Yeah, because I remember when I uh, when I got back, I ended up moving back home. My grandma, um, excuse me, stayed there for like six months. Um, this is basically to all my benefits, like my unemployment came in, uh, been, you know, those benefits. And then, of course, you know, anybody listening, they, you know, coming out of the military, you can file as a, I think it's like a trans, dislocated worker is what it is. So you can file like in any state. So I was able to file in Illinois, so their unemployment rate was higher uh, than Missouri. So you had that. Uh, I finally had my school money coming in. Um, My disability came in like it took six months from the time I filed for it to come in. Of course, you get all that back pay or whatever. So it's like once all those hitting all together, I was I was making more than I did as a as a staff sergeant. But of course, you know, we don't, and and this is, you know, I wish they would do a little bit more in in the military is, you know, we ain't got no money management skills. So it's all like, (laughs) it's like how to, you know, to get the, get the bonus and all, you don't know where the hell that bonus money went, you know, the money, so you don't know what to, you know, properly do with it. So I'm definitely, you know, tell folks, Hey, you know, learn to, you know, manage your money. Uh, Mm -hmm. and and that definitely helps. So, so what kind of jobs were you working at or what kind of job did you have?
2: Well, um, when I got out, of course, you know, I did the whole job hunt deal, you know, I was searching the newspapers and, you know, I, I hit, you know, the wanted ads and all that stuff, but nothing of that really uh, went anywhere. So, uh, my dad actually helped me out. He was a contractor for the uh, natural gas company here in Lubbock, Texas, and uh, he hooked me up and, he, you know, he got me to job, uh, basically, you know, uh, laying pipeline and, you know. Um, Lay the pipe. Yeah, <laughs> you're laying the pipe. That's, I put that out there all the time. But, um yeah, that was, that's pretty much what I did. You know, I was just basically in general labor and shovel hand, you know, for a while. And that, again, it was pretty good money, but I mean, it really wasn't getting anywhere.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I guess with that is like, what what did you miss about the army? Like, what what were some of the things that you you missed about it? You know, uh, once you were out. Ah, uh, definitely the job security. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, that that was one thing that I kind of definitely missed, you know, once, once I got out it was, you know, it was that steady paycheck but uh, other than that, I mean just the brotherhood, I mean the camaraderie, just everything about, you know everybody that I spent the last four years of my life with I missed all of that, you know, because of course, you know, I had my friends, you know, here uh, you know, on the civilian side, but it's not the same, I mean, yeah. you know, when you're when you spend four years of your life, you know, with guys that initially that you know nothing about and then you know you go you go to war with them you pretty much you know you have their back they have yours there's there's a different kind of you know um, a familyhood you know there that um, that really you know people on the civilian side really don't get but that, that's pretty much what I miss the most
1: yeah definitely the same here and it's like people don't understand that brotherhood It's like you know no homo It's like when you're out there you know in open showers together and butt ass naked <laughs> You know, <laughs> having to deal with that, and, you know, kind of, um, you know, just in close proximity with each other all that time, you definitely get to know them and stuff like that. I know I miss. Um, I wouldn't say the the you know the the money. I mean the money was. All right, once again, I was fucking had miles to feed and shit like they weren't always the greatest, but definitely that um, that brotherhood and just. Um, just everything was so structured. Everything was like you knew what the hell you were going to do every fucking day. You know, six weeks out, you had that training plan. You had, um, you know, you you definitely had that. Um, and then of course, for me on a different side, you know, I I was an NCO, so it's like I had soldiers under me, and you know, even even you know, if you're a specialist what whatever, you've been there for a minute, you have guys that kind of look up to you. So like, you get out inside, like, you don't you don't even have that anymore. And then of course, so and then same thing with the friends on the outside. Um, you know, it was it was definitely a uh, uh, different cause. It's like you really couldn't talk to him about you know anything. It's like you know, he's like you you still in the army. he's like you could tell some old ass you know um, war story and shit. Like man, you like man, you remember the time we was in the field and you know whatever. So <laughs> yeah. it's like you you really don't have that. So I guess um, so did you did you attempt to try to go to school?
2: Ah, uh, I did. You know, I, I tried to get that GI Bill rolling, but I mean, I I, I was I was a shitty student in high school anyway so I mean going to college I really wasn't I was excited about it but I wasn't you know I wasn't too my motivation level wasn't all that great yeah Um, I started and then I yeah I never finished
1: yeah definitely that's understandable because and then that's I guess that's my whole big gripe with kind of how the GI Bill is set up where you only get 36 months um, of that, of training or whatever, or they don't tell you about, you know, options of really kind of going out there and getting maybe like a trade and stuff like that. And how, like, even if you're going to college, like a lot of guys, once again, is you got to think about it, a lot of these guys, you know, coming out 18 high school, whatever. And, you know, they're, they didn't do well in school. So it's like, all right, then you go through the army and not really doing a lot of education. So then it's like, get out and expect them to go to college. It's like, it really doesn't work like that. Whereas, you know, they don't build in enough time to kind of set up, um, like enough time for maybe like some refresher courses, like going in um very entry level level basic courses. Like and even guys that like, try to do that, it's like by the time and just like really getting heavy in a degree, your money's going to run out. So you <laughs> you really can't finish. So I definitely, um, when I when I definitely get out of school, I wanna uh, definitely lobby and maybe advocate for them um, increasing or extending the GI Bill from maybe uh, thirty six months to maybe about forty something, maybe a full four or five years. Or in in the ideal world, I'd be like, as long as you're going to school, the shit should be paid for. Like, right. I mean, yeah. you, you're giving I up to you, the country, like you should. There should be no cutoff. So so definitely like that. So all right, so you you know school didn't work out. Um, you know. Job. I guess you said you weren't really happy at doing what you were doing. I wasn't really. I mean, I I was. I was content, you know, because I mean, I I was making the money, and at
2: that time, I got them. I'd gotten enough money to where, you know, I could move out of mom and dad, you know, and I got my own place and everything like that. So I mean, I was, you know, the money was coming in, kind of, you know, pretty steady. And but I wasn't really, you know, I was making enough to pretty much just get by. I mean, just pay the bills. And you know I really had no really no extra money so um shortly after um, shortly after I had that job for a while, I finally got kind of sort of like a promotion and uh you know the money bumped up a little bit and I was able you know to be a little bit more comfortable and um, had me a girl and everything got her moved in and uh, <laughs> that, that, that was that's yeah, just kind of took off from there
1: <laughs> so yeah so. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, did you like know what you wanted like, have you, at what point, or even if you haven't, like, do you have an idea of like what you want to do with your life? Like, kind of like if, like in the end game, like, what would you want to do? Could you see yourself doing for like the remainder of your, your years? Well, that was, (laughs) that was kind of in the back of my mind. I mean, I never
2: really, I I didn't really put much thought to it, you know, after I got out, you know, I just kind of. I wanted to just, you know, basically just be comfortable and be successful at something. You know, I didn't really know what it was at first, but, you know, after, you know, you know, as soon as, you know, school didn't work out, I was kind of like, well, you know, I really don't know yet. So going, you know, as far as my expectations, you know, as far as where my life was going, it kind of got put on the back burner for a little bit, you know, so I can, you know,
1: get myself, you know, kind of stabilized. Okay, that's what's up. So... All right, so you get, you know, old girl moved in, and kind of how, how was that relating to her, um, kind of what your experience from the Army and, and, and stuff like that, kind of, did they, they, any of, you know, um, the PTSD or anything uh, have a strain on your relationship? A little bit, yeah, and um, that's that's kind of,
2: I mean, that's kind of where this is going to kind of lead into the drug aspect, but uh, that I, I really... I wasn't comfortable, you know, as far as, you know, how I was feeling because I was still, I was still kind of edgy and, you know, kind of on edge and really, also, I had anxiety pretty
1: bad. Uh-huh.
2: But, um, and then of course, you know, the dreams and the nightmares, they were, they were pretty much at its peak and it was getting to where, you know, I was, I was almost going to, you know, kind of sort of look for help, but I, you know, I really didn't want to put myself out there again. so uh the girl that I was dating she was pretty much she was pretty hard into the into the drug scene and mm-hmm. uh I was pretty much you know just grasping for anything that I could get my hands on that would help you know kind of not really ease the pain but you know could take my mind off of it you know anything that would um get my mind away from the situation and uh yeah she kind of she introduced me to crystal meth <laughs> and uh that that was a decision that I probably should have never made. I mean, I, I shouldn't have never touched that stuff. But I mean, like I said, I was looking for anything that would take my mind off of what was going on in my head, and that did it for me. I mean, that that gave me, you know, kind of sort of the the out, you know, um, to where I could get out of my own head and just not even think about it and just blow and go and I mean I, I stayed up you know God for four or five days at a time you know and of course I was working too so I was I mean I was hard at it and I mean I, I didn't even think about you know what you know the dreams the anxiety I mean pretty much all that shit went away when you know when I would use and that I felt great I mean I, it felt awesome and I mean, that's what I was looking for but at the same time you know I, after a while it got to where I was dependent on it, and you know, I, I really, I really needed it, and uh, that's something that I never would have thought
1: in a million years that I would say to myself that I'm a freaking drug addict, but uh, that's, that's what I turned into. Yeah, cause I, so I guess I'll ask you this: like, did you have any vices, like before, like any b- vices before the army or, or anything in the army? Uh, not really. I mean, basically, it was just alcohol. I mean, okay.
2: um. I, I really didn't get into any any type of drugs because I knew I, I didn't want to jeopardize my career, you know, as far as that goes. So I didn't, I really didn't want to step into the illegal aspect of doing any, you know, doing anything to my body that would, you know, make me pop, on a, you know, pop hot on a piss test or something, you know. So I, I really, you know, kind of stayed away from that, you know, in,
1: inside the army. But once I got out, yeah, that's just kind of uh, no holds barred. Yeah, that, and because it's like I try to tell people like, you know, they want to like, damn, why y'all be drinking so damn much? It's not like because we can't do drugs. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. that's that's the drug of choice, you know, in the army is like you, you know, you drink it's like you, you go, you work, they work you to a fucking dog shadow. You work 60 hours a week. Um, you know, you come back, you're tired, you crack open a beer. It's like, and then, you know, the bars are close by, you go out, you know, you, you drink, you know. Definitely during that time in Germany, you know, vodka, Red Bull, like I, you know, I could have had that, like an IB of that going on. It's so, all like, you know, they kind of, it's, it's one of those things where... um you know, it's not a problem until as long as you show up to work sober, well shit, not even sober. As long as you can function. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> as long as yeah. you could as long as you can make that fucking six o'clock, six thirty PT and as long as you could run, you know, if you even if you was like fucking hungover, as long as you threw that shit up and you ran, then it wasn't a problem. And as long as it didn't interfere with your work, then, you know, people kinda looked over it. So it's like nobody really saw the signs of maybe like alcoholism, um, sure. other things. Like I know that, you know, I know duster was big Um, over there, like people would chase. You know, it's like once again, it's something that you know you don't. You know, you don't uh, pop. Of course, people call it whippets or whatever. But um, I remember, man, I can't remember his name for shit. We had one guy, uh, man. It'll kind of be like when, when I'm not even thinking about it. But he was in every time I come in his room, he just be fucking popping it down, fucking duster, and it'd be like, be getting high as shit. So it's all like, man, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, you see it. And then, of course, I was kind of, um, I was naive myself, uh, kind of going real shelter, uh, growing up, not really being um, around drugs for real. Um, I was supposed to it here and there. You know, folks smoke weed and it's like that. It wasn't no big deal. Um, yeah. And then in sports, when I got in the Army, I really, I guess maybe I was naive. I didn't know people were really doing it like that um, until I think maybe, um, I don't know if you remember, a lime at bacon. He ended up pissing hot for weed and that was a thing over there and then of course when we got back like um 2008 9 or whatever that's when spice kind of hit the scene and guys mm-hmm. were, were smoking that and um you know because they you know once again it doesn't show up on a drug test So anything you could do to get high to escape and stuff like that to to use that uh that was a big damn it's like people don't understand like that shit is like now is like people are you know, I had a had an old soldier, you know, he ended up, um, you know, passing away because of it. So, uh-huh. it's definitely one of them, it's, it's fucking, you know, dangerous shit like that. So, um, so kind of, when she introduced you, how was that introduction? Was I like, here, try this? Or had she been trying to get you to try it for a minute?
2: Not really. I mean, the, the kind of introduction, that was kind of on me. I mean, that was really, that was pretty much my decision. Because, I mean, she was doing it. And, I mean, at, at first, I was... I really didn't want to be any part of it, you know, I was trying to, trying to stay away from it. But, you know, she was coming home, you know, at all hours of the night, you know, going in and out. And I mean, just all over the place. And and I was starting to notice, you know, her attitude change and everything like that. And I mean, we got into an argument one time, and I mean, it's, that's pretty much what set it off. And I was like, well, I just don't get it, and I don't understand why you're acting this way, but I want to understand. So, I mean, just, you know, let me try it once, you know, let me see what's up, and let me see, you know, what's going on with you, and I can kind of understand, and we can, you know, kind of close this argument up and, you know, move forward. And I mean, that's pretty much brought, what brought it up, is you know, I, I wanted to understand, you know, what was going on
1: yeah those those toxic relationships are very um you know um very just bad especially when the drugs are involved and it's like um just the things that i've you know known of um dealing especially in my field of social work is just like you know especially once you get out and you get clean and stuff like you just got to get away from those type of people because you know they'll they'll try anything like to get you like where they are um i know i remember prime example was we had one guy my second appointment like when when he was away from his wife, because his wife was on heroin and shit like that, when he was away from her, he was a, he was an outstanding fucking soldier. But as yeah. soon as he got back from Iraq and got with her, like, it would just, um, you know, just went all downhill. We ended up letting him stay with us, me and my other roommate. You know, it was like, hey, buddy, you ain't got a place to stay. Um, I know you can't stay with your wife, so you can stay with us. Mm-hmm. So it was all like, you know, he stayed with us. He was cool. And then... I knew I as a as you know I I just kind of I'm you know you know me I'm like laid back I'm like you know if I could help you I could help you um so I like won't you know try to get too much in your business shit like that and I've kind of you know changed that over time but you know his wife um you know he asked him first like oh can you know I stay with y'all until she was supposed to go to drug rehab and he I was like you know what fuck it whatever um you know she couldn't go home cuz you know the cops were looking it was it was crazy so um had that. And then um, I came home and I was like, over time, I was like, because once again, my um, my not really understanding about drugs, the signs to look for and stuff like that. And I even, I guess I blame it on the fact that I had never run around some, no, you know, any crackhead shit growing up. So it's so all I like right. really didn't know what to look for. Yeah. But I kept noticing um, like blood on the wall, like little little drops of blood stains, uh-huh. and these little um, like bowels or whatever. Um, and it was, like, it was like, what the fuck is going on here? And like her, him and her would be in the bathroom long periods of time. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck is really going on? So, um, I, I remember I was, one day I was cleaning out my bathroom and I ended up feeling a prick. And I was like, what the, cause I had reached under the damn, um, under the sink. I said, like, what the fuck? So I pulled it out and I see a fucking thing of needles and vials and shit like that. And so I was like, oh, hell no. So I confronted her and him at the same time. And I was like, you know, what the fuck is going on? Because kind of going back in the story, like she, she had went to rehab and um, I guess whatever, that didn't work out for her. And she ended up leaving rehab early. So she was back, same thing. Um, she, you know, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And she tried to say, oh, I've got diabetes and that's my insulin in the, in the, in the refrigerator and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I was like, you know what? Nah, this is, y'all got to go. So it's like, you know, I end up kicking him out, um, and it's like, I am went up back and I, we end up, being my other roommate, we end up finding her diary. Um, she ended up, you know, kind of documenting everything that was going on, you know, just, um, every time, you know, everything lined up with her going up in there and, and shooting up and getting high and shit like that. Uh, it was crazy cause she was, you know, she was fucking her dealer. Like she had her husband, but she was fucking a dealer to get the drugs for the low. So it's definitely, you know, it's definitely crazy, um, and I guess that's one, too, Why I've kind of chosen this field of social work to kind of really work with folks in you know, drug addiction and various other things. So because me, you know, you know, I don't want to get too long-winded, but it's like, I get. I think that's maybe the only thing that kind of kept me away from uh, the same, because, you know, the same thing, you know, I had, you know, the, the nightmares, the, the anger, and, you know, just wanting to escape. And, you know, alcohol can only do so much. Like, you can only do so much drinking. So it's all like um you know it it is that stigma of maybe some for some people is the it's the gateway but you're trying to get that um that that high you know I you know just no i've tried other stuff and um even other st- you know other things and um i was like you know what i get it i was like i understand you know the high it's like you're not you're not worrying about the bullshit and stuff like that and that's one thing i kind of worry about too because they're they're thinking they're i've seen studies how they're working with mdma to kind of treat ptsd And I'm like, this, I don't think I like where they're going with this because it's all like, you know, you're, you you don't want to forget. Like, you're trying to get people to forget about it. It's like, no, you need to learn how to function with this and how to, you know, fight on a regular basis. So,